0: He kō nā eipurangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. E aku whakataitai ki te whenua, e aku i horei. Tēnei te mihi ki katoa. In the past few weeks were featured conversations about the taiao, or the environment, from Soil Health in the Rimutaka Ranges with Dr Jessica Hutchings. What this means is I can get cucumbers in, you know, before labour weekend, and we can do all our pickles and everything like that. It just means I'm guaranteed of a crop. To learning about hua Māori planting and gardening with Manu Paul at his home in Ohope. They, They used to take me fishing, yeah. And they say, each bay had a maramataka. This week, I'm in Te Gisborne, with Manu Keri, co-founder of the medical cannabis company, Rua Bioscience.
1: So 2018, August, we were the first company to get a medicinal cannabis cultivation licence in the country and um, that allowed us to cultivate for research purposes only, so we couldn't right. supply the, yeah. the product. And then August in 2020, we grant we're granted one of the first commercial cultivation licenses so that allows us to cultivate for a commercial end
0: manu talks about setting up the business the aspirations for the local community and harnessing the medicinal properties of cannabis that's coming up here on rnz national
1: Komanu Kari Tokungoa, no Tarang uh, Ngati Pukenga, me Ngati Haua, Ngati Whare Hoki, uh, me Gamotu or Tonga, uh, me Panyora, um, Scotland, Ireland, and around those ways. So uh, I studied design in Wellington in the early nineties and uh, met my future wife there, and she's a uh, staunch Ngati Pro. Wahine and I wouldn't say drag me home But we did have some plans in Wellington that um, got cut short When her grandparents raised her um, back at Tolaga Bay And on our honeymoon she said, I'm moving to Gisborne You can come if you want <laughs> <laughs> On so, the honeymoon? Yeah, yeah That's Nice So uh, yeah, we ended up here um, shortly after that And I didn't know anyone in Gisborne or Tairawhiti But um, yeah, settled in and um, so it was 98, 1998
0: the foundation of Rua Bioscience as a business is to explore and research the properties of cannabis in order to enhance health and well-being. But part of their business model is about kaitiakitanga of the Fenua to work closely with the community in Ruatoria, provide employment where possible. In 2016, the genesis of Rua Bioscience began as Hikurangi Cannabis Company, set up by Hikurangi Enterprises with crowdfunding and local investment. The business quickly evolved, as did the industry. Manukeri and Panapa Eho are the company's co-founders. Manu has extensive knowledge in public policy and research in medicinal cannabis. Can you tell us what the what the overarching, what the tuapapa or foundation of this organisation is?
1: Yeah, so 2015, we'd been living in Turanga uh, for yeah, 15, 16, 17 years. Yeah, we wanted to, to live close to the pa and give the kids that experience. And so 2015, uh, we moved to uh, Makarika, um, to Penu Pa, where she's from, and Lived in caravans there while we built a house. And so we got there, and I sort of had been working self employed for 10 years and wasn't sure what I was going to do, but connected up with an acquaintance, Panapa Eho, who's also from there and had recently brought his family back. And we were just looking at what we could do for jobs and economic opportunities around Ruotoriya, Waiapu Valley, Um, and had been involved with the Hapu. Collectives, so sort of post settlement 2012 uh, yep, was yep. the Pro settlement, and whānau were looking at opportunities um, and had been focusing mostly on sort of conservation and education, cultural revitalisation project. And, and so the hapu was saying, you know, they were supportive of, of something in that respect. And um, What's the hapu there? Uh, mm. There's a, a number, but um was yeah, Hukurangi Takiwa Trust, is the hapu oh, yep. entity. So Punap and I got together with some other locals from the Hapu and wider community, and we 're just looking at options. Um, we started bringing some scientists up to sort of look at the natural resources and what we might be able to do there there 's mostly just farming and forestry um, on steep erosion prone land, neither of which are great for the environment um, or jobs um, there 's you know some some economic uh, success in, in forestry, it certainly you know, creates some employment but um, it's dangerous work and, and so we started looking at native organisms, um, particularly kānuka and uh, kina in the bioactive extracts that we might be able to get out of them and turn into rongo and, um, and so we progressed those in uh, relationships with research organisations, universities and um, crown research institutes around the country and through those relationships kind of worked out how you do make natural health products and medicines and things and and then someone said we thought about growing hemp and um, it wasn't something that we were really interested in because it wasn't native indigenous but then uh, we did think about well there's a lot of whanau here that do know how to grow cannabis well and supply the rest of the country and we could sort of see the way that the, the legislation and the law was heading in terms of relaxing the rules around it uh, and that if we didn't do something uh, on the coast, then others would and around the country, and our whānau who have relied on it um, for generations in some cases uh, could be out of pocket or miss out on those opportunities that, that may be coming along. So we, st- we got a license in 2016 and started growing our first hemp crop at that point. Um, Yeah and it's really been sort of in some ways the third cab off the rank but it's moved the fastest and farthest in that time the other projects are still carrying on but um, certainly cannabis has taken off. So when we planted that hemp we weren't sure if it would be for um, fibre or food or pharmaceuticals but by the time we harvested it we'd done our homework and worked out that medicinal cannabis was probably the only one that was going to provide a decent return on investment and we saw that yeah, medicinal cannabis had the biggest opportunity, both in terms of helping people and um, and for uh, job creation.
0: There was an early name for the business.
1: Yeah, so Hikurangi Cannabis Company was what we started out with the cannabis venture as, and then sort of as we moved on, we started looking into the limitations on that, particularly because it's like a. A tupuna name for the maunga, um mm. and would be difficult to trademark because any nāti or anybody could yeah. could uh, challenge um, the trademarking of that name for good reason. As the company's shareholding increased, you know Hikurangi Mona is not for sale, so we didn't want to have that name going out of the the district, nor. Perhaps did we want hikurangi suppositories or um those sort of <laughs> sort of products that might come along in the future, <laughs> so we changed the name to Rua um and that had you know a number of meanings and connotations about certainly around the Rua toria toria was the Tipuna and Rua was the kumara pit, so sort of a store place oh, nice. of treasures and good things, but also the rua being sort of um, duality and science and nature and um, community and commerce and those sort of things.
0: And that forms the business model, Indigenous Innovation for Global Healing. Te Taru Tauru Rungoa Ruatoria or the Ruatoria Cannabis Cultivation Centre of Excellence is located in the community Here Manu outlines how their business quickly grew about three years ago
1: So 2018, August we were the first company to get a medicinal cannabis cultivation licence in the country and that allowed us to cultivate for research purposes only so we couldn't right. supply the, the product and then August in 2020 we we're granted one of the first commercial cultivation licences, so that allows us to cultivate for a commercial end product, but um, there's still some other compliance steps in between the cultivation and the supply to patients. So we, there's a thing called Good Manufacturing Practice, which is um, acronyms GMP, and that's a sort of a global pharmaceutical standard for any medicine that you take, whether mm. it's paracetamol or cannabis, um, that you need to to meet that. That standard and that's given to you after you pass audits from, in our case, Medsafe at the Ministry of Health, have to come and audit all of our processes. So we've had a team of people working for the last two years just on the documentation required to meet the requirements under those audits. The product that goes through that process is then able to be supplied to patients. And for every different product we do, uh, whether it's an oil extract or a finished flour for smoking, those all have to go through their own GMP audit um, processes. So, huge amount of work, and that's I guess why uh, pharmaceuticals do cost quite a lot, particularly when they're produced from a plant as opposed to synthetic, sort of manufactured in a lab.
0: Alfena versus Commerce versus science and rationality, and how did how did those kind of how did that network kind of feed off each other? in the early stages of this business.
1: Yeah, I guess we certainly had and still have aspirations and goals around whānau being able to utilise their whenua in partnership with this company. And one of the learnings along the way has been that to produce a pharmaceutical, there's a lot of uh, infrastructure and control of the product involved. But we've done some early trials and we've got some more coming up and we're hopeful that we'll be able to prove that it can be produced at a consistent um, and quality standard means it can be used in medicines, um, which will uh, open up more opportunities for whānau to be able to utilise their their land for that.
0: Was there any pushback from any... Queer comatoy, Nifano, in the early days, or yeah, how think,
1: did you? Yeah, initially we got a bit of resistance from both ends of the continuum. So because we were growing hemp to begin with, it's a very low THC variety of cannabis, and some of our illicit growers were concerned that we might cross-pollinate with their higher THC varieties, which could dilute the potency of their plants. Um, and we needed to make sure that our growing operations were well away from any illicit cultivations. Which, in some ways, you know, some communities that might be challenging to work out where those might be but I guess in ours we had relationships with growers and we could fairly easily talk to them to work out where's a good place to grow and not to grow Uh, and then at the other end of the continuum yeah there were some um, more conservative members of our community who had reservations at that stage cannabis was still quite a taboo sort of
0: stigmatized yeah a
1: lot of stigma and um, misunderstanding and, and so on and you know and some people had real legitimate concerns about the, the risks involved particularly for young people and things and didn't quite understand what we were trying to do so but over time particularly sort of from 2018 where we went out with our crowdfunding and um, opportunity for the locals there was that seemed to be a bit of a turning point and there was after that we haven't really heard any major opposition to um, what we've been trying to do there's just been a lot of support
0: In creating a business from the whenua, in this case the cultivation of cannabis for medicinal and pharmaceutical use, Manu explains the properties.
1: So the cannabis plant is quite unique in the number of chemicals that are included in it and and there's sort of at least 150 known cannabinoids which are these particular molecules which interact with the endocannabinoid system that all mammals have so whether you're a human or an animal you have this system a bit like your nervous system but it's a system of receptors that seems to interact with these chemicals in the plant that system regulates a number of um, functions within our bodies both in our brains and mm. our uh, physiology so it's because of prohibition there's still a lot lot to be learned uh, it's been difficult for researchers medical researchers to do a lot um, to date but if you sort of look at the number of clinical studies and things, it's just exponential growth in the last few years as regulations have relaxed and people have been able to do more research on it. Uh, so THC is the um, one of those compounds which is um, the main psychoactive um, cannabinoid and then CBD is the, sort of the second largest in terms of its volume in the, the plant and it has lower, no psychoactive um, effects, but seems to also be um, useful for a range of conditions. And so the main sort of indications or health conditions that are prescribed for around the world tend to be pain, so not acute pain like um, you've just broken your leg and it's going to help with that, but more sort of you've got an aching back or arthritis and seems to be quite useful for for that and then, yes, yeah, spasticity, so epilepsy and Parkinson's and those sort of uh, muscular twitches and things uh, seems to be good for as well as anxiety, so as a relaxant. Uh, so, THC and CBD are both important, and um, you know, some people will say THC is the recreational compound and CBD is the medicinal, but both are, are really important. Um, and then, as are, it's you know, again, we're still just learning what the other. 148 cannabinoids in combinations at different levels do for different populations so all of us, you know, different people with any drug will react a bit differently and yeah, yeah. and so it's for each patient and person, what's going to work for them may be slightly different to someone else and again that's why the consistency in the products is really important so that people know what they're taking each time. So different,
0: you know, how you can, different levels. Yeah,
1: again, like paracetamol, you have stronger and weaker versions and um, you use those for different things. And and other drugs, again, people just react differently to those different formulations.
0: Drug law reform remains a topical issue in Aotearoa. There are calls to decriminalise the use and possession of cannabis and to legalise cannabis. In October 2020, the cannabis referendum asked voters to vote yes or no to legalise the possession, use, sale and production of cannabis. 50.7% of voters said no, while 48.4% supported it. Manu shares his views.
1: Uh, we supported the referendum because, for a couple of reasons, one was sort of reading the draft bill that the government put together. Admittedly, it was quite a rushed process, I think, for those that pulled it together. But um, overall, the purpose of the bill was to reduce harm and to uh, increase control of the the drug. And so the, the company supports it from that perspective. Um, particularly, you know, in Canada we've seen use and access by young people drop to uh, half of what it was pre-legalisation and so uh, a lot of the scaremongering and sort of misinformation or misunderstanding about the the legislation suggested that legalising would increase access for young people but the opposite seems to be the evidence, actual evidence from those jurisdictions that have legalised it. And the other reason the company supported it was that one of our at home where this company was founded. Many of them are never going to be able to build a pharmaceutical cannabis factory and, and get into the business that way. They, you know, A number of them work for us, um, but many of them still want to come out of the bush, um, stop looking over their shoulder and be able to grow legally in the sort of craft cannabis um, industry that we've seen um, develop in those jurisdictions that have legalised. So... Um, the company sort of saw from an ethical, moral perspective also mm. the harm that's been caused by prohibition, particularly for Māori communities. The board and management are supporting the have been supporting the referendum. Yeah, if if we can control it better, as we've seen with alcohol and cigarettes, that can reduce the use over time, uh, and particularly quite quickly for for young people. Um, and the the restrictions on it are much greater than what's currently what's proposed to be restrictions on it are much greater than what's sort of in place for alcohol at the moment so you know alcohol's not the greatest comparator in some ways and it causes a whole lot more damage than cannabis ever has.
0: In the six months from July 2020 to December 2020 the company posted an operational loss of 3.4 million but despite this they remain on track with their business milestones. When Tiahika interviewed Manu, they were cultivating cannabis indoors, but now they have started their outdoor cultivation trials. The company is set to export dried cannabis flower to Germany as part of an agreement with Nimbus Health. This year, Dua Bioscience received a grant of $50,000 from Trust Tairawhiti to help with its Rangatahi Science and Technology Programme. To date, the company employ around 30 people in their local community.
1: When we started the company, we had aspirations to employ hundreds of locals, um, and it's taking a bit longer than we anticipated to to get there. Um, And I think our average wage is sort of three times the local average wage, so paying good money for safe, enjoyable work. We've also had to bring in a lot of people from outside the region um, Mm. who have the experience, particularly in pharmaceuticals, um, because... Taidafri hasn 't got a pharmaceutical sector um, and new zealand 's got a very small pharmaceuticals industry um, as a whole, so
0: did you have to do some poaching or uh, how did that we work? bought
1: some from overseas and yeah. some from um, different parts of the country and then we found some that were lurking around in Taidaty who um, were just looking for an opportunity some um, had met people here and you know they well, got two one. One who's a pharmacist from Germany who's uh, hooked up with a local farmer and um, she was working at a, um, a food production company testing their um, lettuces <laughs> oh, no. and um, but has pharmaceutical experience and is German, which has helpful given Germany's our first um, focused market. Oh, cool. um, and another who'd worked in ESR, which is the government toxicology um, agency and helped them develop their Cannabinoid testing regimes um, as part of her masters, and she'd um, hooked up with another local farmer and was living out in the back blocks. And um, so she's come into oh, our goodness. analytical How do lab. You and find these
0: people. Yeah, it was just um,
1: the, the farmer, well, that one was um, best man of you know, our chief financial officer at his <laughs> wedding. So, yeah, sort of, um, certainly we advertised for the roles. And, you know, yeah, I guess, yeah. again, Panapa and I had thought and hoped that we'd be able to employ a lot of our at home. Um, But that's just going to take time, and so these ones that have come in, we have been able to bring some whanau back from one from Australia. She was working in top secret um, Australian Defence Force uh, headquarters managing documents, and now she's managing our documents around our pharmaceutical manufacturing. Um, So she's from the coast and has moved home. And another, another guy, Len Atkins, has just moved back from the west coast, he's been away from the coast for. 30 odd years he ended up he's managing Fonterra and other milk factories um, so he's come back to run our cannabis manufacturing uh, medicine manufacturing facility because he has all of those skills and so you know his mum's at Tapuya and, and the hospital there and, and he's able to oh, be yeah. closer to her bring his kids and whanau back and so he's really wrapped for those sort of opportunities and those are the kind of things that we hope would would happen from the company where we're kind of trying to reverse that urban drift that happened 50 years ago and um, turn Yeah, it exactly,
0: calling people home. So I was just listening to a podcast saying that, you know, there's more Ngātipurau that live out of Ngātipurau than in, mm. within the area. So um, preserving and protecting our environment, that's a core part of the business. Um, I read about certified carbon neutral, that
1: kaupapa. And That's certainly something that's um, on our radar and very keen to be the most ethical, environmentally friendly company that we can be, uh, and have started um, a list of commitments and sort of measurable targets for the company that we'll be reporting on to our shareholders, and we expect them to hold us accountable for those mm. things as well. Um, and it will help our offshore marketing, I'm sure, and um, in places like Europe that um, probably put a bit more emphasis on those things. and. Uh, that was again important for Panapura and myself that we wanted a company that was going to help rather than hurt the environment.
0: Tafano, who are certainly looking at getting into the cannabis hemp industry, um, what would, kind of what business advice and Māori community advice would you give to them?
1: There's a really good resource that the government organisation called Callaghan Innovation have developed um, around the capabilities required for are uh, those who are interested in both hemp and medicinal cannabis. And so, you know, we started off as a vertically integrated company, which means we do everything from breeding and plant genetics through to, you know, cultivation and manufacturing and marketing and sales. And over time, I think we'll see the market sort of, there'll be companies that specialise in different parts of that. Um, but this um, roadmap, capability roadmap um, that and Innovation have developed with support from the industry sort of helps people to think about and answer their own questions around their capabilities and different parts of that value chain. Yeah. So that's a really good resource that I recommend. Um, so I'm optimistic that there will be opportunities for Fano that emerge. And talking to companies like ourselves is useful to pick up yeah learnings along the way. And and then there'll be other you know those same opportunities will be there for those maybe some iwi. Entities or incorporations who want to be in the manufacturing end of things or the brand and build a brand around something and not be in the cultivation aspect. So, I really do hope that Māori, with some capital, um, behind them, get involved with the industry if, if and when it is those other opportunities emerge. You know, if we look at a place like Colorado, it has a similar population to Altero and. Um, in their recreational legal market's worth about two billion, and it's growing and so if you and if you work out like the way the law's been written here, they're saying that no company could have more than twenty percent of the market, the way they're going to structure the licenses, which yeah. helps to avoid monopolies um, yes. you, know, you could end up with five companies, but you know we should expect at least one or more of them, half of them to be Māori entities and again, within there they've really tried to design it so that the little guy can. Uh, participate in the, the industry so that small whānau operations can be prioritised in the licensing process and those licenses don't just get sucked up by the biggest companies the biggest, yeah. with the most, the, you know, deepest pockets and things. So, so,
0: fair market share sort of thing, yeah. That's the
1: goal, and I think again there'll be opportunities to improve that through the um, select committee process, but yeah, we're going to have to make sure that we participate in those processes to make sure that it is set up as fairly as possible.
0: Tēnā Manu Keri, he uri no Ngāti and co-founder of Rua Bioscience, a medical cannabis company based in Ruatoria and Gisborne. Now there is a lot more information about the company, their up about sustainability, their partnerships and horticultural innovation. Head to www.ruabio.com. To hear the story again, head to rnz.co.nz slash Kua tai ki te mutinga o Papa kaupapa, ko te manako ia en ho haumaru kaito, i ronga i te o te wā. Nōku te waimare ha he kawe te kaupapa nei Join the show next Sunday, He kona mai.